There are many Tesla investors who are asking what should Tesla do with its $23 billion cash on hand. Some are suggesting for Tesla to do a buyback and others still believe Tesla needs not only the current cash but an even larger amount to weather the upcoming upheaval in the auto industry. And of course, Tesla is not just in the auto business but also in bots, energy, autonomous driving, AI and others. These all require huge investments. Today, we'll be speaking with Larry Goldberg, who can walk us through all the various reasons Tesla needs cash and a better use of the money instead of buybacks. Larry is a serial entrepreneur, angel investor, and co-author of the book, The Decision Model. He's co-founded several companies, including one called Sapiens Decision. Welcome, Larry. Appreciate you joining me again on this channel. Thanks, Irv. It's always a lot of fun to be on. This one is a good topic. I think it's fun. I know that the discussion about buybacks has already been done. What we're going to do today, though, is talk about the reasons why Tesla needs cash and when they should use it. So I know that you uh, and Alexandra Mertz just held a debate against uh, three other people who felt that they want their pro buybacks. Uh, this is Mayer and Gary Black and uh, other people there as well. So tell me what your position is and uh, what their position was. Well, you know, buybacks are a very efficient way for a company to use excess cash. It's very efficient because it's a really good way to deliver cash back to your shareholders. It's the most efficient way to deliver cash back to your uh, shareholders, much more efficient, say, than dividends, um, you know, which have a lot of uh, problems associated with them. So buybacks have become very popular. and particularly with some of the large software companies that don't need a large amount of cash. It has been very popular and very successful. And of course, the poster child for that is Apple, who you know have been aggressively buying back shares and their shares have done extremely well as a result. Does that cover the, the water for you on buybacks? Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I mean, I was an Apple investor. I was all in Apple, and I appreciated for the last 10 years, the stock would go up no matter what. They buy back and all that. But it was a financial instrument. So but my question to you is, or the way I saw it was, I think the people who want our pro buybacks, they are there to see the Tesla stock rise. And yeah. also that uh, they, they really, I mean, I was pro buyback when the stock was at 100. I don't, I don't believe in it today. What's your opinion on that? Look, buybacks have nothing in my mind uh, to do with the stock price from the perspective of the company. The company's first uh, duty is to its future welfare. That's its first duty. And of course, that in turn serves the stockholders. So the first question to be asked is, how much cash do we need? What do we need it for? Let's make sure that it's a, there's an efficient use of it. And to the extent that we have more than we need for an efficient use, stock buybacks are really uh, interesting, a prospectively interesting way to return that money to our shareholders. So the question is, what, do, what may Tesla need its $23 billion on hand for? And a lot of people are saying that's a lot of money. Tesla don't need that amount of money because they're generating cash every quarter. Actually, the reverse is true. 
Tesla's generation of cash every quarter is still insufficient for its future needs, and I'm going to show you that today. Okay, good. So yeah, you're, let's talk about all the different reasons why you believe, and I think many of us do, Tesla needs huge cash reserves. So Tesla themselves showed this table, and they showed yeah. that the different of uh, their approach and their uh, belief on their priorities for capital allocation, and it's first is daily operations, two is growth, three is opportunistic, and four is excess, and that's where they put in the buybacks and dividends. And some people are saying this is why they think they're there because they some people believe that they already got enough for one, two, and three. Your position is they were nowhere near for uh, three. Well, I don't think they're there for two yet. Uh, so the, the, my pr primary thesis is, no, we're not at two yet. Uh, three is very important in the coming uh, period, but we have not completed, uh, we don't have in, in on hand the, the, the need for our growth, the, our capital expenditures, and I'm going to prove that in a few minutes. Then, in addition to that, the opportunistic situation is very real right now because right now we are faced with a huge disruption to the auto industry on many levels. The, and I want to enumerate them. First, the entry of China aggressively into the auto industry and particularly the EV industry. Second, the potential um, disruption of EVs to all automakers, uh, traditional automakers. Third, the parlous state of American automakers uh, from a labor perspective and from a financial perspective and from a technology perspective. These three factors are roiling the auto industry. And there's going to be opportunity and also threat for tes to Tesla and for Tesla four Tesla and two Tesla from these forces and not having cash on hand or not having enough cash on hand is going to tie their hands quite significantly and I hope to show you this that's uh, fantastic so I actually just got off the phone with Nick Colas and he's the yes. um, co-founder of data track research decades I think 30 years of experience in financial industry but he is his main industry is the auto industry. In fact, yes. he uh, advised Chrysler. He advised with mergers and acquisitions, and he gives advice. He told me just now <laughs> that he believes Tesla not only should not do the buyback, but they actually should do an equity raise. They need yeah, to raise cash for exactly what you just said, which is yep. the coming turmoil disruption in the industry with all these other companies that's going to die. He, he uh, believes that they will all die and one of the survivors will be Tesla. But in order to get through this period, this is a capital intensive business. They need to have cash on hand. So similar to what you said. So, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, he is right on target 100%. He's a credible He's, source. Yeah. Yep. He should yep. know. So, okay, let's uh, go through your deck here. So you've got the planned expenditures. Go ahead and explain what you're seeing here. Now, this is an amazing slide. And, you know, in the conversation about buybacks and in the debate, everybody said Tesla's got all the cash in the world. They've got $23 billion. They really, you know, and they're generating cash. You know, the generation of cash is, and we'll talk about that in a minute, it's not as great as it used to be, and it may actually be close to zero in this quarter. Um, mm -hmm. 
whether or not it's a zero, I, that, that's an open issue. But the point is it's become pretty thin. But Tesla showed us in this slide here that they are estimating an investment over the next five to seven years of 150 to $175 billion. And the total investment they've done to date is, is $28 billion of that $175 billion, or $150 to $175 billion. So they're telling us their requirements, they're explaining them to us, and we're not reading their, their very, the very information that they're feeding us. This is so important. It's talking about their vehicle requirements, their uh, battery requirements, and, 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 and their charging station requirements. What they're not telling us here is R&D for autonomous driving, and they're not telling us about Optimus, the, the robot. And I'm not sure whether or not this included the lithium production uh, uh, plant as well, the lithium refinery. But what I am saying is that if you think about the capital requirements, you think about inflation since this plan was made, you have to, if you're a manager at Tesla, if you're a serious financial person, you have to be thinking of where you're going to find the 125 to 150 billion dollars you have to find and that's that was my point in this debate i mean i've run businesses i haven't run a business as large as this but it's the same situation you don't think about what's on, what's happening now you think about skating to where the puck's going to be and the puck here is going to be 175 billion dollars and that is before we faced the results of a bankruptcy of a major auto OEM. And that is before, by the way, the, the rise of the Chinese uh, OEMs. This is almost a year old. The rise of the OEMs have only just come into focus. So if I'm running Tesla, I'm not giving you a penny of, not a dime of my free cash. <laughs> Boom. You just dropped the bomb. This is the slide to know. So it says here, funded by operating cash flow. And if we are targeting as Tesla, our mission is 20 million of annual vehicle production, one terawatt hour annual energy storage production, and expand cell production service and charging. In order to do these three, we need 150 to $175 billion of investment. And it's funded by operating cash flow, which as you are pointing out later, is actually falling significantly. Um, but, you know, there's people who think that in the future, the cash flow is going to be nutty, uh, that it'll be achieved, but it's that's the future. I don't, I don't so. think that, honestly, that the people who are saying that have read the slide seriously. Nice. I, you know, I, I heard yesterday in the debate, the other side say, look, if we give credible use of this money and we see that Tesla needs this money, we would take a different perspective. Well, Tesla's telling us this. This is exactly what they're telling us. They're saying, and, and by the way, I've done the, I've done the work. You, you have to do the work. I've done the work. I'm going to show you why they need the money. 
This is not just them dreaming. I'm just going to take cars. I'm going to exclude batteries for the moment. I'm going to exclude um, uh, energy for the moment. I'm going to exclude Optimus for the moment. And I'm going to exclude autonomous driving and training. Okay. AI. I'm just going to focus on capital needed to manufacture the cars they aim to produce. And so I've got some slides that show us what the implications are of using those, uh, of okay. actually uh, building those cars. This slide is amazing. It's gorgeous. Did you create this slide? Yes, of course. Oh my God, Larry, you're brilliant. So let, let me try to understand what this is. So basically uh, in 2020, we had Tesla say that we're planning to grow Kager about 50% on average our vehicle. Uh, our Just vehicle a correction there. Vehicle. Just a correction. In 2014, 2014, they said that in 2020 they're going to produce yes. 500,000 cars. Yes, correct, correct, correct. And you know they were producing at that time 22,477 cars a year. <laughs> gotcha. And then so they actually hit the 500,000 in 2020. And then if you add the 50% average uh, year by year uh, based on their guidance, that's the orange. But the yes. grays, the actual, so in 2021, we're way over actual, or the guidance 2022, we're still over the guidance. In 2023, we should still uh, be over the guidance just a little bit if we follow the 50%. And, and it wasn't meant to be year of year. So this this slide just just proves to everybody else that who thinks that they're nowhere near the guidance still, and they'll never get there. And so far, they've hit every one of them. Yeah, just to be clear, the guidance for this year is 1,656,000 based upon the 50% year over year. They did say approximately 1.5 million at the beginning of this year, 1.8 million at the beginning of this year. And, and they didn't say exactly or over 1.8, they said about 1.8 million. That's the exact quote, about 1.8 million. And so they definitely will hit their guidance this year, in my judgment. But let's look at what their target is. Just as they made their target in 2017 uh, and 2014, sorry, uh, you know, five years forward, they've made a, in, in this case, they've taken us through to 2020. I've actually extended it through to 2030. Uh, sorry, tw sorry, excuse me, 2025, I've extended it to 2030. Um, and the blue line here represents a 50% a year increase. And it shows in 2024, we have a good shot at getting that 50% increase. I had this conversation with Troy. I had this conversation with others. I think that we, we have a really fighting chance, a good chance of hitting 2024's numbers, 50% guidance. But I think that just as they said, you know, the guidance wasn't that they'll hit it every year. They said sometimes they'll be over and sometimes they'll be under. And I think 2025, they're going to fall short based upon my calculations uh, because they're going to have to add capacity. They're bringing on new lines. And most importantly, they're adding a gigafactory in New Mexico and they're adding a production line in Texas mm -hmm. for the $25,000 or $30,000 car. For the for the new ge next generation car, can I pause you there for a second though? Yeah. Yes, you think they're they're not going to hit in twenty twenty five, but did you put into consideration? And I know you do 
the new Unbox model, they say that they can have half the square footage to be able to produce the same amount of cars, you know, double the cars, double the, lower the cost by 50%. So you don't I'm have to expand factories. That. Okay. I'm not arguing about that productivity. Uh, what, what I'm saying is that the time it takes, the, the lead time to get production to the levels that they needed to get to get that growth is going to be longer than mm-hmm. most people are calculating. And they're not going to yeah. get there in 2025. In 2026, we'll see the, the beginnings of, the, of what is coming from the new factories and from the expansions. In 2027, it'll come in full, fro- in full flight. That's what I'm saying. And I know that may sound a little cautious to you, but I've been cautious in the past, and even my caution in the past, you know, look, production just is its very hard. And when you're starting a new process, even though you're projecting it's going to be a lot faster and a lot uh, and using less space, it takes longer to get there. Just think about the 4680 batteries. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're seeing there in the orange bar is production from the existing factories and their increases and their extensions. What you're seeing in the gray bar are brand new factories. Mm-hmm. And by 2028, I, I've kind of stopped expanding the factories. And I'm just expanding internally and I'm thinking we're not going to be able to maintain the 50% anymore. It's the law of large numbers. I think we've had this conversation once before. I, I think we get to a point where the law of large numbers just does not allow 50% growth. Mm-hmm. And I think 2028 is the magic, 2027, 2028 is the magic time. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you're being cautious, right? Because obviously they themselves are shooting for 2030. Uh, 30 million vehicles per year. Actually, the number the number in this the number in their plan is 20 million. 20 million, I meant. Yeah, yeah it's not 30 million. 30 million is my number. Yeah. 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 So so oh. I'm not being cautious. I think I'm being reasonable. Okay. Okay. And then um yeah, that perfectly makes sense. And so your point is being that in order for them to actually even attempt to hit this they need to invest more than they are now and whether or not and they I've, can have the and I've done the I've done the math to, to figure out what they're going to have to invest based upon mm-hmm. the numbers they give us I mean right. so what we're looking at is the annual capex versus total fixed capital investment uh, invested already based on projected vehicle production targets so just take my what we believe to be a cautious projection what we see in the red is the annual capex. What we see in the blue is the growth of total capex. Now, the interesting piece of this conversation is if you look at 2024 and 2025, you'll see it's barely minimal. It, it, it's, a, it's a relatively small amount of money. We know it's between 5 and $7 million a year. $7 billion, sorry, 7 to $9 billion over the two years. That's what we know already from the 10Q. Mm-hmm. What I'm showing, though, 
is that this is a very short horizon that we're looking at. And this is what's fooled everybody who are in the buyback now uh, mode. What they're not looking at is what goes beyond that two-year horizon. And it's very daunting because it gets to $20 billion a year by 2027. And 2027 is only about three years away. Mm -hmm. They need... How are you going to amass $20 billion or $25 billion in three years? Even at our, you know, at our halcyon days of cash flow, we, we would be struggling to get there. Now, if you choose to give back money to your shareholders, you're going to have to go back to the market you, or you're going to have to borrow the money. And I know that, I mean, if, if it were me, I would not want to be in that position in the auto industry and in the current financial climate at all. I wouldn't want that variable on my strategy map. My strategy map is everything I can muster internally, I'm going to muster because that is a very daunting mountain. You look at that mountain of cash I have to find, $120 billion. I'm not going to. I promise you, I'm not going to rely upon the market and the exigencies of when and how to go to the market. Have you considered or calculated part of that calculation um, potential high margin revenue from software like full self-driving just by itself? And then maybe even in the next five years, you can start thinking about robo-taxi margins. Well, then there's the you know, all right, so, you potential for dojos a service, which is also all of, margins. All of that's all of that's possible. All of that's possible. Yeah. But when you start thinking about robot taxis, think about the investment in robot taxis. Because at the end of the day, you have to actually own the robot taxis, or somebody has to buy them. So if Tesla is going to invest in robot taxis, it's going to need more cash, not less cash. Yeah, but this is where when people say I've done the math, it looks nutty because the cash flow comes back way over the investment. But okay, no, I, this is fair. I, Absolutely fair. I've done the numbers on the RoboTaxi, and I let know, me yeah, tell yeah. you, that the cash does come back. But to build the network, mm -hmm. to build the business from scratch, yeah. is not. It is the cash of doesn't course. come back in the first year or even the second year. It becomes a flood by the third year, but it. You know, it depends on how you go about it. But let but, me let me say this. Why would you box yourself in to having to somehow fund this thing by third parties or borrowed money or or some you know business structure that you perhaps don't want where you let somebody else buy the robot taxi? Why do that? The auto industry the auto business has to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. The robo taxi business has to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. Optimus business has to stand on its own. And we are looking at the auto business because it is by far the, the, the biggest user of cash. And it has to stand on its own. Otherwise, it's going to be awfully difficult to build those other businesses while we're scratching for cash. Well, okay. Um, 
I'm a little confused because you've already heard Elon say very much that he believes that the auto business is going to be funded by the uh, rev, the margins from the FSD sales. That's where the mass margins, and that's why I'm willing to cut prices now to lower my margins on the auto. And then also, the you know, Tesla is very uniquely positioned because they have the ability to deploy all of the customers' cars. I paid fifty plus thousand dollars for my car. Tesla doesn't have to do that. I paid them money. Now they can use my car as a robo taxi, and I do revenue share. Um, yeah. So there's this model that they have uniquely than any other uh, anybody who attempts it that they don't actually have to put in that capital intensive network because it's already built in. It's already part of it that yeah. the customers paid for. <laughs> uh, I I have severe doubts that that is going to be a ma okay. the mass the, the the majority of the fleet. I think the number of people who are prepared to put up their cars as robotaxis is relatively limited. Mm -hmm. It's a cognoscenti. It's a group of people who really understand the business, who really want to do the business. It's kind of, it's Turo on steroids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't believe it's going to be the mass of the fleet. And I do believe the fleet's going to be owned by the likes of Hertz or Uber or other um, yeah. companies set up to do this. So it's not necessarily so that Tesla will invest in it. So I understand exactly what Elon is saying, that the margins on the cars are not as important as it, as the cars develop this full self-driving capability because that will build the margin. Is. But remember, I'm calculating the margin. I'm calculating a margin. So whether the margin is going to come from FSD or the margin is going to come from the car, I'm still calculating the margin. in in the capital requirements and the cash flows. So whether it comes from the left hand or the right hand, it doesn't matter. It has to come in order to build the number of cars. You know, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I'm not going to argue with you because obviously it's very capital intensive to build a robo taxi network. So that is something we need to be aware of. Um, well, this capital that I'm talking about is not the capital required to build a robo taxi network. I, I, don't I think, know it's I, yours is just cars in general. You need to build the factories. Yeah. Factories That's it. Cars. Yep. Yep. And even that is massive. Investment okay, so you got here. Are above and beyond this. Else, what we're looking here, revenue is in blue, um, and capex required is in uh, cap. Yeah, total capital investment required. Yes. So that's yeah. the total capital. So if you look at Tesla's master plan, if you look at Tesla's master plan, if you think about back to that slide where they talked about the hundred and. Mm -hmm. $50 billion, yeah, that is in orange. The blue is in revenue. Yeah. So, again, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Well, it does matter where it comes from. I think, it, you know, in the minds of Tesla management, it can come from all the sources that we're talking about as long as it doesn't have to come from borrowed money. Mm-hmm or a lot of it from borrowed money, or all of it from borrowed money. My point is, it is dramatically more than people imagine. And you know, we've got 23 billion in the bank, we think we've got so much money in the bank. No, we haven't got a lot of money in the bank. But what we're talking about, we have a relatively small amount of money in the bank. And the rate of cash income because we're so blinded by the fact that they're only spending seven to nine billion in the next two years, we don't see this enormous, you know, 
rise of, of requirement, which is mm-hmm. going to become quite evident in the third, fourth, and particularly the fifth year. What am I looking at here? Because uh, it's actually the opposite of what you're saying. Because look at the incredible revenue that we're going to get and the uh, total capital that's, that's not net revenue. It's gross. That's gross revenue. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. So then I'm looking at that revenue. I'm trying to guess how much margin we're going to get. And um, so that's what you're saying is that the margin is probably equivalent or maybe even less than the total capital investment required to get there. Yeah. If you think about it, uh, doing say 550 billion dollars of revenue mm-hmm. margin on that is like 10 percent. that's about 55 billion dollars right so it's going to pay back that hundred that hundred billion in in two years maybe three years yeah so your payback rate is very high but you've got to have the money up front to build the plants in order to to sell okay, the I'm understanding now in order to get the yeah. income I'm understanding now. Basically, the 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 target is so big. We're talking 20 million cars that every time you think you're making money, <laughs> you need to invest that back into massive exactly. factories to catch up. You'll ne- you may catch up eventually, but not till 2030 because we've got a massive target. And this, as the car companies die, the opportunity for Tesla is going to grow. You're going to want to just produce, hit those car numbers. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you can't manager of an auto company can't be thinking about budgeting some purchase of another car company because there's trouble coming. They have to focus on you know each part of the business and they have to have a logical capital plan for each part of that business. Each part of that business has to sustain itself. Now it's true that you can sell cars at a very low margin because they're going to become robo taxes. You can earn money from the robo taxes, or you can simply keep them and put them in the in, in into operations robo taxes. But you have to have the capital to make them in the big. At the, you in the you need to make the cars. Yep. Right. Yep. That's and that's what the slide is trying to tell you. That in okay. order to make the cars, before you begin the year, you have to have that hundred million invested in plant. And that plant takes a year or two or three to become productive to produce that. So your capital investment comes ahead of the actual revenue from the plant. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm. Uh, you. The next slide is the current cash on hand and cash flow, and I'm curious why you put it on this. I would have put it in slide one just to set the stage, which you already set. So right now, Tesla in Q2 of 2023 has $23 billion of cash. That's that last right. row here. As you can see, just growing tremendously. But in the cash flow, though, which is the bottom line here, by quarter, you can see that it's actually going down. Um, and in fact, you believe that this quarter, we might actually even be less than this, right? So tell me why, first of all, why did you put it here? And secondly, tell me more about this information. Because we've just seen the pressure on capital rising dramatically in the next two years. Right now, we are, you know, getting down to bare minimum of cash flow. Yeah, we are. Yet, you know, we've got in the bank 20, $27 million, $23 billion. And we think that that's going to be fine for us because we're only talking about 5 to $7 billion in, 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 in capital investment. Mm-hmm. 
The problem is we're not looking beyond the two-year horizon. And if we look beyond the two-year horizon, we are told by Tesla, we're told in slide one, yep. guys, no, slide two, guys, we need $128 billion to produce these 25 million cars. So whether they become robo-taxis or whether they are sold for profit or a combination of whatever, we need that money up front to build you know, another four to five gigafactories to expand our current gigafactories and to build a boatload of batteries in order to get the money back. So it's clear. Now, we may want to, you know, we may want to borrow some money. We may want to raise some money. I, I think that the point, you know, that you made earlier, um, that perhaps Tesla does need to go to the market to raise money, I, I think that's a real possibility. I, I'm not sure there's a good time to do it right now, but, you know, one can always judge the timing of this. But I actually agree. I would like to see... 50 billion in the in the bank because yeah, the opportunities and the needs and the necessities all point to us needing more cash than we've got okay great way to position it which is it's not that we need the cash because we're struggling and we need to spread survival this is because the opportunity is so amazingly in front of us that we have the opportunity to grow 20 million cars per year because exactly. all these car companies will die tell me where you would use this money um in this in this slide here, it's too much words here, so I'm just going to read the yeah. last one, I think, which is, you're saying that the auto industry is about to undergo enormous disruption. The availability of huge cash resources will be as important in defining the winners as great technology and manufacturing ability. So can you explain to me a little bit of this thing that somebody just said, right, which is um, Nicholas and others have said, you just said it too, which is we are undergoing a tremendous disruption in the auto industry. Everybody knows that Tesla will be one of the survivors. Most people don't disagree with that. And many people agree that the other 20 auto industry uh, legacy autos, many of them will die. They're going to go bankrupt. And then there's the rise of the Chinese automakers and maybe a few might survive. Why does that require Tesla to have tremendous cash, what's the what's the requirement for the disruption issue? And then we, let's move beyond cars as well with all the other opportunities. Where would you spend the money? I'll tell you, I'm going to start with cars first. The most important thing that Tesla could be doing now, maybe should be doing now, is speeding up their rate of development of the next-gen car. and broadening their their model base with Cybertruck, the Semi, the Roadster. Tesla have been, if there's one criticism I have of Tesla, is that it's taken them longer to generate new models than they should be doing. And I think if you look at the Chinese, and I wouldn't, build the plethora of models that some of those Chinese companies do, but they are certainly rapidly evolving their models and producing more models. And so, you know, the speed of turnover, the speed of change, the speed of building these plants has to, has to go up. That, that's one thing I would like to see happen. 
Now, in terms of expenditure, what is staggering about Tesla is just how little money they need for R&D compared to all the other automakers and how successful their R&D is compared to the other automakers. I've already criticized the speed at which they bring those into production and the, the rate at which they generate them. I'd like to, I'd like to actually see that speeded up, but the number of plants being built, I'd like to see that faster. I would have liked to have seen the Mexican plant um, announced earlier. I would like to see the Indian plant announced uh, announced already. I would like to see work happening both in India and in Mexico at the same time. If India is going to be the next plant, which I believe it is, so. I call for four or five more gigafactories globally. I think we should be working on two or three of them right now, not one, two or three of them right now. Now, the truth is, um, Austin is probably big enough to count as one, but Austin is based in the US, you know, physically. We need plants that are based, you know, uh, on a wider scale. So that's the first thing I do. Now, in terms of robotaxis, uh, robotaxis are bound by the rate of speed at which autonomy can be generated. I have said that I think autonomy is going to be with us. FSD is going to be su su successful in somewhere between one and three years. I said that six months ago, so we're probably between six months and two and a half years. And I think much higher likelihood towards the back end of that. I would weight that towards the back end of that. So if there were a way to speed that up, if there were more money to be spent there, I believe that would be good. But I don't think you can speed it up. It's it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you can't make a baby with more people in, you know, in less months. I mean, you, you just it takes as long as it takes, and it's going to take as long as it takes. I'm not sure that they can add people to it. They can certainly add compute to it and are doing so at an incredible rate. And I think they're constrained by the rate at which they can start. So that leaves energy and Optimus as you know two areas that they can speed up. I think they're moving Optimus as fast as they can, and I think they're going to go into production as fast as they can. And again, Building those factories out earlier rather than later, I think, is very important. So that leaves energy. Now, energy, I think, is a huge opportunity that they can speed up. But they're doing a lot. They're building a factory in China. They're adding to the Lathrop factory. Perhaps it's time to think about adding another factory. And I'm thinking about Europe. And maybe that, that's something that we can speed up. All of this is going to require more capital, not less. Yeah, there's actually one big one that you haven't said. Okay. <laughs> can you believe this? Yeah. AI. Dojo supercomputers. They have they have so much they've already invested. They said they're yeah. they're going to invest two billion dollars a year on yeah. um, this year and then next year also, and they can keep buying more and they need to buy more. Because they're going to do it as a service. Not only will they have the three largest supercomputers in the world, they're planning to do it as a service potentially. And then the need for AI applies to every part of their business. And they're going to try to, you know, I think that they create a separate company, X.AI, but they're going to all work really closely together. Yeah. 
and they're going to either buy XAI or they're going to uh, services or they're going to fund it. They yeah. need to have this real world model plus the chat GPT concept all in one. That's the, that's the so holy I would, grail. Yeah. I would bring a bit of caution to the conversation. Right now, nobody's making money out of AI. So if you take Microsoft, you take Google, take, you know, um, OpenAI, if you take uh, Anthropic, and you take um, Meta, all together, all the revenue from them all together, it's not much. And most of them are losing money on it. So the model, business model for AI is unclear. Now, I'm not discounting the use of Dojo, and I'm not discounting the investment that they're putting into it, although I will say I'm not sure they can invest any more than they are. I think that they're constrained by the supply of processes both from their own, uh, of their own design and of uh, NVIDIA design. I think those constraints and the constraints of which, and the rate at which they can build their training computers and, and their, um, uh, um, and, and their main, their, their um, uh, uh, clusters, are, are, the constraints are very clear. I don't see massive in income from those directly. I see the business being in Optimus. I see the business being in FSD. And that's why I spoke about Optimus and FSD. Yeah. Agreed. No, so, I mean, obviously, he, he himself said Dojo service can either be a massive trillion dollar business or it's going to be nothing. But it's the possibility is it's like they are renting the serve. So they spend the money to build the infrastructure and then they rent it out. So it will pay back that at least that in fact did not make money and then like you said the actual benefit of the ai investment is on the bots and then the bots clearly as you know and we've done this is has tremendous business model yes yeah for tesla's expenses not necessarily revenue but their reduction of expenses and so we were just talking about here about you know factory space and all that well (laughs) they might be able to forex using the same uh you know footprint they can forex the output if you add bots. Uh, but remember to, to, the uh, Tesla method. The very last step, the very last step is automation. Yeah. yeah. yeah so when you're talking about time. this, you're talking about something that's going to happen in yes. three years' time. Longer. So, yeah. so the very last thing you want to do is not have the capital to evolve and to build that business out. So all of the things that you're saying are true. And I'm as I'm as bullish on those as you are, maybe even more bullish actually. I, I know we talked about this. Yeah. But, <laughs> you're very but, conservative for the first three, five years, but then you become super bullish more than me. <laughs> the it's a month. tough three years. You know, we're gonna have to find in year three, we're gonna have to find yeah. billions and billions of dollars and our cash. I don't want to say it's going to become depleted, but it's going to get down there. And so the question okay. is whether we'll have to go to the market then. But you're absolutely right about us having to go to the market. 
it looks to me from these numbers, and I've just looked at the car company, just the car company, not the energy company, not FST, not the robo taxis, you know, not all of these are not not Optimus. The car company actually does need money. Very convincing, Larry. That was uh, you came with numbers. You came with your position, and just uh, pretty pretty logical with the way you presented it. And then you have a final point about how really only the management of Tesla knows the risk and opportunities. Um, and in some cases, they don't even know there's still lots of unknown. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if I'm sitting looking at the auto industry today, and at the end of the day, 80%, 90% of Tesla's revenue, uh, gross margin is in the car company. I I would be in a very cautious state of mind. You know, margins are being compressed. We only have two models to cover, you know, the whole auto range. Our TAM, we've blown away the TAM. I mean, everybody said our TAM was this. We've proved our TAM is that. We have got to get a brand new factory using brand new methods. You know, we have to get those done. So I would say that Tesla has as much challenge today as they had going back before production hell. Because the car company is about to go through this enormous change from, you know, a relatively small producer, two million, three million, four million a year, right, right. to thirty million a year. It needs, you know, our management is going to be stretched, our people are going to be stretched, our plants are going to be stretched. We're going to do all of this with brand new technology. So, yeah. and and all our competitors around us are going through some enormous changes and. What do we do to defend ourselves, but also to, you know, enrich ourselves with their misfortunes? I love it. There's this one slide that I'm totally in love with. And this is um, the slide that says, um, if you take every single car company that exists today, we're talking legacy auto, Chinese car companies, BYD, right, and Tesla and others, and you map out by 2030 what they project that how many cars they will make. This is just their own estimates of what they think they'll do, in which we know many of them are never going to get there. Some people in question Tesla will get there. Tesla's 20 million per year, 2030. If you add it up, it adds up to 80 million per year, which is the actual number of cars sold per year right? Uh, generally. But the reality is that many of those car companies will never hit their targets. And my point being that Tesla, if they are able to produce more than 20 like there's no concern about demand at this point they can whatever how many cars they produce they'll sell so they'll want to make more than 20 if they could but capital intensive and let's not lose sight of the fact that we're going to need more car models than than we're producing yeah. uh, you know elon yeah. is very focused on the robot taxi design and that's going to be the bulk the largest tan there's no doubt about it the car that they're looking at, steering wheel or no steering wheel, it's going to have an enormous tan. But there are other models and there are other use cases. 
And so we shouldn't ignore those. And that's why I would like to see Tesla be more more aggressive about building more lines of, of cars. Okay. Very good. Very convincing, Larry. Thank you for coming and doing the research and sharing it with us. Uh, follow Larry on X as Tesla Larry. Uh, we have him on this channel. I'm very fortunate. Thank you so much, Larry. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thank you.